the Iowa caucus goes without results. The State of the Union is really great. And Trump is acquitted by the Senate. I'm Chandler. This is the Matt and Chan Show. Good morning, everyone. This is the Matt and Chan Show. How are you doing this morning, Chan? I'm doing great, Matt. How are you? Um, I'm doing fantastic. It's another great day in America, and we got a big news cycle for the week. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think especially great week to be a conservative in America and maybe conservative worldwide with things like the State of the Union uh, being in such a high place right now. The, the Democrats' massive failure in Iowa with uh, their uh, with the caucus there, and yeah, Trump being acquitted by the Senate. Like, a, <laughs> like could he have a better news cycle? Um, no, you can't. We had Monday, the Iowa caucus, the State of the Union on Tuesday, and then he got acquitted on Wednesday. This is like Trump's probably best week of his presidency, you got to say. I would agree. So, yeah, like there's maybe been better individual moments, but to have like three days back to back to back, like, yeah, just fantastic week for uh, the Trump administration. Yep, you got to say, and in the Gallup poll coming out this week, 49% is an incredible number and he and this is gallup polls not necessarily always been the most friendly to trump he's usually kind of floated around that 45 middle ground Mm -hmm. but since october in the impeachment hearings the numbers have only skyrocketed yeah and we're talking approval here this is approval rating job performance fantastic yeah it's gotten better (laughs) yeah well all the things trump talked about in the state of the union we don't have to get all the way into that yet but just like how great unemployment is right now or, or the, how low the unemployment numbers are, uh, how many great things are going on in our country. It's it's really a great time to be an American, regardless of political affiliation. Yeah, it's crazy. And then Rasmussen came out. They're more conservative-leaning. They came out at 50%. Right, right. But the numbers, it's just a good economy. Um, this morning, 225,000 jobs from the job report. Wow. it's And this is just this is just crazy. The numbers are just... Each month, it just gets better and better, and Trump just keeps keeps it moving. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, what do you want to get into first, Matt? Um, let's get the Iowa caucus. Um, let's see about that. So Monday, if you didn't know, it was the Iowa caucus, and they were supposed to start around 5.30 to 6.30 in the evening is when results started to fly in. But if you were paying attention at all this week, you figured there were no results until even the next morning and into the next evening. It, it took over 24 hours to get this thing figured out, and then – Come to find out, Buttigieg took the early lead, and then Bernie Sanders made a charge, and they finished almost about tied. Is what I is what I gained from from the from the numbers. Um, the Iowa caucus is usually the biggest caucus of them for delegates for the Democratic Party and the Republican Party, just because the last four uh, presidents to win the election all won the Iowa caucus. So this is a very important ground for them to win. So Buttigieg, out of nowhere, I would think he was what polling really low on um, a lot of the the polls around the nation and then um, to beat Bernie Sanders. But both parties have come out and said they've won. So it's a a big mystery of who the true winner is. Who do you think won? Yeah, I I think the winner here really is Trump, right? And and the Trump administration to have like this was supposed to be the biggest um, turnout for the Iowa caucus ever. Um, I think. Uh, and, and I don't have uh, the source in front of me right now, but um, something like 240,000 came out 
for uh, uh, the Obama caucus in Iowa, and they were expecting record turnout. They were thinking maybe 300,000. I think it was ended up being 170,000. Yeah, 170,000 is the number that I heard um, that showed up. So small turnout. Iowans are not that excited to uh, to see somebody replace Trump in office, uh, which, which is good news. And yeah, you would have to say Trump's the real winner. But yeah, I think if we're looking at uh, who performed best in the Democrats? Yeah, probably a, a Buttigieg. Um, yeah, it's probably him. It's crazy that as radical as the left has gotten and the openness and the more liberal they've gotten, I don't even know if you call it a liberal, it's more radical socialism, mm-hmm. the party of the left. It's crazy to think. I thought, I, I think Bernie at least was the first thought. I was like, okay, Bernie's probably going to lead this thing. That's, I think, why the Democratic Party didn't come out right away with information. I'm like, oh, they didn't get the winner they got. So we're going to work behind the scenes. We're going to skew some numbers. We're going to do stuff. That's what I was thinking. I'm like, okay, there's no results. Trump clearly won. He took all the delegates. I think it was 37 delegates. Um, and he just wiped the board. I don't know who the other two guys. I know Joe Walsh and there was one. It didn't really matter because Trump was going to win mm-hmm. Iowa anyway. Right. I didn't even know they had a Republican caucus for Iowa. I was like, whoa. Like, I, know I just got my ballot for California, and I'm like, oh, it's going to probably be Democrat that wins the California. Right. Um, but, yeah, you know, uh, Trump's going to get my vote for for when that comes around. Um, yeah, it's going to be, I think, an exciting election year. Um, we're waiting for the next bombshell to drop. It, it'll be there. The Democrats will cook something up, some sort of scandal with Trump, and it'll be the same thing as Russia the same thing as Ukraine now. Uh, yeah, it, it'll turn up empty as usual. And and I'm not saying that Trump's a perfect guy, but Trump's already all, like, all his cards are out on the table. You get what you get with him. You know, maybe not the most moral person in the world, but he sure does a good job as president. And uh, the country's starting to see that with his really high approval ratings and, you um, yeah, just I think a, a bit of a renewed sense of patriotism in our country, which is a great thing to see. Yeah, and the, just the accomplishments just go on and on. If you just check out the the White House website and just the amount of accomplishment, Trump is getting stuff done and people don't even know. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. It's just the accomplishments keep rolling and rolling. As I heard, total promises kept since the election. He's at like 320 or something. He's a businessman. A lot of people don't understand that. He comes in, he works hard, and gets the job done. A lot of people go, oh, he's not a politician. He's not your standard person. We've been figuring that out for the last three years. He's not any of those things. Twitter has shown. <laughs> it's it's like everybody's surprised still. Like, whoa, we, Trump's our president. Like, I don't know. Did you wake up on election day? And, or is this just a big dream is what most people think of it as. It's it's Trump's your president, and that's the way it is. And he's getting stuff done. Yeah, it, and it's a great time, I think. Yeah, moving on to the State of the Union. Uh, normally, I, I'm not a huge fan of the State of the Union address. I kind of share uh, Ben Shapiro's opinion on this, that it's a bit uh, monarchical and an outdated practice. The Constitution has no real basis for it other than handing a document related to the State of the Union um, over to Congress. I think, uh, yeah, typically not a fan I got to say, I was really happy that I listened to this year's State of the Union. It was good news all around, good news for the country. Um, still, you know, something, some uh, 
executive orders that Trump has made in the last year and um, some things he's pushing for as a typically libertarian leaning person, I would like to see a little bit smaller government, less government influence, but um, overall really, really great news um, from this year's state of the union address. It was, it was a great uh, speech. He stayed on the teleprompter, which is always a good thing for Trump. And um, yeah, yeah, good. it's crazy because a lot of people, Trump didn't have to go out here, and that's why he stayed on the teleprompter, is he didn't have to come out here and make these exaggerated claims. He didn't have to. He just had to play lowball. He's literally won the whole week. The Iowa caucus flop, he's literally going to get quitted the next day. He doesn't need something else that they could try to throw in there last minute. And yeah, I just I think it was a big week for Trump. He's just kicking butt, mm-hmm. and he's just plowing through the Democrats. What's the next thing? Is it Russia? I'm like... I was like wondering, Iowa caucus not coming through. Okay, Russia is going to come in, and the Democrats just keep taking L's after L's. It's it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, I, I think too. It's a bit of um, you know, play stupid games, win stupid prizes, right? On the Democrat side, where there's they're moving so radical, where there's only a small portion of the country that's really rooting for them to succeed, um, because if the, the radicals on the left succeed, our country fails. And that's um, that's kind of the heart of why there are so many things working against them right now um, that I would say, you know, and I don't know any real polling data on this. I don't know if you actually could poll for this, but the majority of our, our country loves America and wants America to be first and wants Americans to have jobs and to manufacture goods and um, for really America to be the powerhouse in the world. And the left doesn't want that. And that that's leading to a lot of people, even if they don't like Trump, they have to agree with a lot of the things he's doing. And, and it's, yeah, just like you said, really, really great week for Trump. Yeah, and it's the Democrats. They want to be wearing all white in, during the State of the Union. Honestly, everyone thinks that they're speaking for the majority of the country. They're probably going on Twitter and probably, oh, man, everybody hates Trump. This is like the overall consensus. Twitter's a sewer. And the Democrats, I feel like, get their news from Twitter. I don't know where they get their news from. I know the mainstream is going to say whatever they're saying. Mm-hmm. And literally, they're tied in. And I think besides the Democrats, I think the main – um, the mainstream media probably takes even a harder hit because what have they been doing for the last three months? All impeachment. Right. And so, yeah, I mean, let's back up to uh, Russian uh, interference in the 2016 election. That was like every single day, CNN, MSNBC, uh, like they're, they're talking, oh, you know, Russia interfered with the election. It's an illegitimate uh, election and all that. Well, you, uh, you get the report, Trump's acquitted on all these charges, and it's like, oh, okay, we'll move on to something else. There's there's no remorse. There's no um, like reconsidering that, well, maybe we should just support our president because if he wins, our country wins. It's not like, uh, oh, if Trump wins, our country's doomed. Like, No, it's exactly the opposite. Yeah, I just think the left, they don't know what they're doing. Or actually, I think they know what they're doing. They've been doing all these things since Trump got elected, they've been trying to get him impeached since he was, and they were successful in the impeachment, and then he gets acquitted. 
And, yeah. and it's crazy. They don't learn the lessons. The Republicans during the Bill Clinton impeachment area, he left office with 63% approval rating. Mm-hmm. It went through the roof and he was already impeached. And this, it's crazy. The, the Democrats, they just continue to go after our president, the mainstream media and everything. And, and they're still, they're still losing. Yep. Yeah, no, it's, like I said, really great week for uh, for America. Yeah, let's talk about some highlights from the State of the Union. I know a big one is Rush Limbaugh. Yeah, yeah. You want to go more into that? I know you're you're more of a regular listener of Rush than I am, um, and certainly some sad news uh, to to hear that he's been diagnosed with stage four lung cancer. So yeah, I'll, I'll let you talk yeah, more. It's about crazy. That. Um, he's been on the air since 1988. He's one of the people that I looked up to growing up. My dad listened to the show, and just having the opportunity to, to like. Grew up with Rush Limbaugh on. I didn't even really know like the magnitude of Rush Limbaugh. My dad, I think, started listening, I think, right around 9-11 when that happened. And and that's, I think, was kind of a waking call. And Rush Limbaugh has always been – It's for me, it's almost nostalgia. Like I would get in the car, Rush Limbaugh's playing when I'm going to school or the KMJ, just kind of getting up. and Just kind of some of my conservative roots, I think, were kind of grown there. And him just being able to like say the news as it is versus what we hear – on our mainstream media, just a different interpretation. And I think he's very unique in the way he does it. I think that's why he has so many followers. What does he have? He's on 600 uh, radio stations um, each week. 27 million people listen to the show. The biggest audience, I think, in the country. And probably the number one listened to talk show host in the country. Like, the numbers are incredible. And then, and all these accomplishments of him being um, in the Hall of Fame of broadcasters in 98, um, and then being the syndicated radio personality of the year, uh, 1992, 95, 2000, 2005, and 2014. And then he gets the Medal of Freedom. Yeah. Nobody saw it coming. Yeah. I, I, it was a really great moment in the State of the Union uh, when uh, Trump announced that Rush was in the audience and that um, he had been diagnosed with cancer. And then to, uh, to have him be awarded by the the medal of freedom the highest award that a civilian can get in the united states is uh, just an incredible honor and i think a really well-deserved one yeah it's he's literally been trying to he people have tried to take him down since he came in and started like in once he got big i know there was campaigns when obama was in office to get him off the air and he's still going and i think the biggest thing to talk about is People are like, oh, we're going to undercut your funding and stuff. But the thing is, the funding and everything comes from the people that he, the subscribers and his network that he's grown and his audience. And I always liked, um, you can't say the Rush Limbaugh show because it's not a Rush Limbaugh show. It's it's a program. And I think he delivered every day and he's done it for what now, 30 years, over 30 years now. And it's crazy because he's consistent and he does three hour shows. And yeah, I just, it's amazing what he does. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, very, very impressive. You know, we've just gotten started about a month ago with the Matt and Chan show. And like, it's challenging enough to come up with 30 to 40 minutes of content once a week to, uh, to for 30 years to be putting out three hours of content every day is, it's just an incredible feat. And um, yeah, certainly a, a well-deserved um, recognition of him at the State of the Union with the Medal of Freedom. And yeah, um, Definitely love to see that with Rush. Yeah, I'm trying to pull up the AOC clip of her response to Rush Limbaugh. Um, if I can't get it up, some of just the things that she was saying is she thought it was um, not genuine and um, that 
he was, it was like, whoa, such a surprise, like an Oprah moment. And I just, the guy has lung cancer. He wasn't expecting anything. I think this is genuine. Trump had this planned. And I think it was good because you got more of a genuine reaction to it. And he's done good work. And the fact that he's been doing this for over 30 years, he's one of the people I look up to and I love to aspire. I know if this, this, if this thing takes off, this would be awesome. I'd love, I'd love to do this and be able to talk about politics and, and just be able to like dissect what's actually going on in the world and, and actually make some change. Yeah, absolutely. So awesome. So any other highlights you do like from the state of the union, any more critiques on the state of the union that you wanted to add in? Yeah. Um, definitely like some of the other highlights, just some of the other, uh, person or human interest stories you had, uh, the uh, soldier coming home and getting to be reunited with his family for the first time in months. Uh, that's always a winner. I don't know. I, I was only listening to the audio, so I didn't get to see who didn't stand it and clap for that. I'm hoping everybody did. Um, but knowing how the left tends to act, my guess is there are plenty of people wearing white who uh, remained seated and quiet uh, when, you know, that's just always a touching moment. Yeah, and the left, no matter what it is, um, Nancy Pelosi, the um, third trimester abortions, mm-hmm. and that's just the left, everybody. If you don't know, the left supports abortion. They are uh, they're now moving towards socialist principles. This is this is now the party. It's not the JFK Democratic Party anymore, as people think it is. I don't know what what the what people perceive now. They're they're all united for the destruction of America. Yeah, and it's it's really awful. And I think staying on Nancy Pelosi, right after uh, Trump's speech, Nancy sits there and she tears the um, the State of the Union address apart and um, like literally rips the the pages apart. And kind uh, of just a, a comedic moment, in my opinion. Like incredibly disrespectful. Uh, it's the uh, the State of the Union itself isn't constitutionally mandated but trump handing a report over to congress is and so though if she is going to hold like a high and mighty position over trump oh he's not following the constitution she's sitting there tearing up the document that has to be handed to her um according to uh, the the constitutional precepts like it's it's just Kind of hilarious. I know it was. It's crazy seeing that she went up there, and the fact that I know there was a Reddit user earlier this week that showed her pre-tearing the the State of the Union speech. I thought that was hilarious. She didn't want to go up there and flub it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> at least she thought ahead on something, right? Yeah. Exactly. I just I don't know. For for me, Nancy Pelosi. I just think, what has she been in office for? How many terms now? It's oh, a I, long time. It's it's crazy. I honestly think that this was a disgrace to America. I honestly can't believe people still support her. I, she thinks he, she's doing this mighty thing that she represents all of America, that everybody feels that they hate Trump and try to make this big stand. But honestly, I think it's just a big disgrace. Yeah, I, I yeah. couldn't agree more. I, um, I don't know. I just, for me, it just hit me. I just was like, wow, like, I know Rush Limbaugh getting the Medal of Freedom, the accomplishments of things with Trump. It's like good things for everyone. And she sits back there Oh, I didn't get my win. Like this, I, this isn't my legislation. If this was a Democrat president doing all these things. Oh, everybody would be. Oh my gosh! Wow. And I think both sides. I don't know. The Republicans aren't as petty as the Democrats. I agree. And 
and that's not to say that the Republicans will never be petty. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, certainly I would, I would think that if um, this was Barack Obama or maybe, you know, some future Democrat president saying, yeah, record low unemployment for this group, record low unemployment for this group, record low unemployment for this group. Both sides are standing. Yeah. But when it's a Republican in office, record low unemployment for women, record low unemployment for African-American youths. The Democrats are sitting, not clapping. Are you kidding me? Like this is are, – are they really the, uh, the party of diversity and equality or are they just the party of their own agenda? Yeah, it's it's crazy. Um, the left, the way how far it's swung in the partisanship, it is disaster to the American people. We're not getting anything done. At least Trump's getting stuff done, but we could be getting so many more things done, and we're prospering. It's literally think about how many jobs, like we said earlier, two hundred twenty-five thousand jobs. Trump Trump started this at four point five percent. Obama did two hundred twenty-one thousand jobs in his first thirty-five months as president in that first month of January. And, and you look at it, he started with 10% unemployment. Of course, you're going to have growth. People are looking for jobs, but with the, the field, everything is opening up. Like Trump is doing, he's pretty much making like water come from a rock, just in a <laughs> sense. Like you look at it, he's literally making things happen that shouldn't be happening. The economy shouldn't be doing this well, but with the tax cuts and the different things he's been doing, we're making big strides. Yeah. Well, I think we haven't seen a businessman, not a politician in office well, ever really before in, in American history. And all these models are based off of what career politicians are doing. And so it's, I think that's really just a testament to, uh, for one, the American voters in 2016 to, uh, to think to elect somebody who's a businessman and a, a TV personality rather than a career politician. Um, and then also, yeah, just to uh, Trump's success, it's, it's a great testament. Yeah, so let's move on for the State of the Union. So Iowa caucus, disaster Monday. Tuesday, he has the State of the Union and does a great speech. And then you get to Wednesday, and he gets acquitted. <laughs> yeah, what a week. It's it's crazy. And we had all the Republicans not all voted. All, and I, I would say Mitt Romney, but I don't even consider him a Republican at this point. It's yeah. it's crazy. Um and him voting for witnesses, oh my gosh. Mitt Romney, I, I got to say, four years from now, I don't see him in office. I don't see him winning anything outside, unless he goes to the Democrat Party. Yeah, well, I mean, the, the one thing, though, I hope that at least his, um, his seat is taken up by a Republican or that he remains a Republican and does get reelected. It, it would be really not great for... Um, He's a senator, right? Currently. Yeah. Yeah. It, it wouldn't be great for the Republicans in the Senate to uh, to lose that seat to somebody who's going to vote Democrat on other issues. So, I mean, I'm hoping for the the state or for the sake of um, our country that either he moves back towards some degree of conservatism or, um, yeah, his seat is taken by another Republican. Honestly, I don't see him moving toward conservatism. He's shown time and time again. I think he's still salty that he didn't beat Obama in 2012. Right. And he couldn't beat him, so he joined him. <laughs> and this yeah. is what we're seeing. We're seeing it in his policy. We're seeing it in his voting. Trump gave him full-fledged support. He sat down with Romney. He beats um, um, his uh, opposition. I can't remember who the Democrat was in that race. 
and and he wins the the Utah state race and it's it's crazy like he's literally turned coat and gone to the other side mm-hmm. I don't know I for me I just think that's just uh it's a crazy phenomenon to have this now and the Republicans being more united than ever and then to have Mitt Romney playing these petty games and this thing has been this thing's literally been a hoax as president trump has said since the beginning this thing he was supposed to if you looked at it three months ago i would have put money on that he would have been acquitted and i would have won a lot of money right yeah because i think there was for some reason a, a, a big chunk of our country who was like oh yeah he's gonna get impeached and thrown out of office like that that was never gonna happen yeah it's i think there was you had the russia hoax and then you have the ukraine and then Anything that they could try to stick. And we're sitting here in February. Nothing is stick. Trump is still our president and he's going to finish out his term. And people are I don't I don't think people cared about impeachment. Generally, people don't have but don't care about impeachment. And I was listening to Dan Bongino last night and he said roughly around Americans have about three hours to consume media a day. How much of that do you think was consumed watching the impeachment hearings? Yeah, only for a select few Americans on the far left. Very, very little. Yeah. I And literally the ratings were low. I know more people watch Bill Clinton. There's a lot more controversy. They had more grounds for Bill Clinton. But then it's like Trump, where's the evidence? It was They were making up stuff during the, the trials. They were, it's like Adam Schiff. He's up there. Shifty Schiff is what I like to call him. He's just up there making stuff up. And we're like, nobody listening? Like, And the left are just oh, applauding him. And it's just it's crazy. And now we're at the end. I know we called it on our first episode that impeachment would be done by February. A little past due. Yeah, but by a couple of days, right? Yeah, and you called, what, three or four days after we're going to have another bombshell? So I wouldn't even be surprised this weekend if they find something. Oh, Trump, he should be – they should just kick him out of office now for something else. And Yeah, no, I mean this is definitely the time to uh, – if we are going to be taking bets, what could it be? What's, uh, what's the next foreign interference or – Maybe it'll be a, a domestic thing this time. They've been focused more on uh, international relations. So maybe there will be some sort of domestic issue this time. It's it's crazy. And, and just looking at like his approval rating, you would think that his approval rating would tank. And I think that's what the plan was with impeachment is, mm-hmm. hey, let's get his approval rating into the 30s. Right. Yeah. You you impeach a president, you would think his his approval rating would fall especially with seemingly how volatile Trump can be. Um, And yeah, it was the complete opposite. Yeah. And it's crazy because we have an article from the Bongino network. Let's see um, that his uh, reelection odds hit like a record high. I think it was like 55.5% that odds that he wins the the 2020 election. That's impressive. Yeah. Let's see. I know it's not the Bongino network, but the Bongino report, he started a new, uh, like kind of like a uh, Breitbart kind of news thing where a lot of articles come in. It's a great site if you need for conservatives and others alike to get the news that um, from every – and there's CNN, Fox News, everything's on there. And you get a good mix of everything, politics, sports, everything, et cetera. So, um, yeah, let's let's move on. Um, I know we got some stuff. We want to hit some of the local stuff. I know we have Jerry Dyer, um, Andrew Jans having a race here in Fresno at the end of the year and a big uh, Merrill come like campaign going. So um, yeah, um, before that, I just wanted to give a quick shout out to Fresno County Lincoln club. 
Um, this is a conservative-leaning uh, club here in uh, Fresno led by uh, Mike Dermaniel Jr. Um, he's very popular on 580 KMJ. And it's just a, a really good place to go for voting information if you're a conservative and want to see what the what the candidates are all about. We'll refer to them a little bit later once we get into some of the local stuff. But Chan, um, got anything else before we go on a quick break? Um, no, I, I think that's it. Uh, it's a good news cycle. Yep. We'll be right back. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Matt and Chan show. We are going to get into some local races here. We're going to talk about Jerry Dyer and then Andrew Jantz. Yeah, so uh, both running for mayor in uh, Fresno and with some pretty different views, uh, especially on the homelessness issue in Fresno, which um, if anybody follows uh, the news at all, you know that California has massive homelessness issues. Uh, We usually talk about like San Francisco and Los Angeles, but... Fresno certainly has uh, a lot of people struggling with being homeless right now and finding a a good solution for that is, yeah, going to be a key part of this uh, uh, mayor uh, race. Yeah, um, it's and Jerry Dyer, he's been our police chief for many years and he's been able to get stuff done and reform here and and nobody else has been able to do it better than he has. And now he's running for mayor, which I think is a great opportunity to make some real change in Fresno and I fully support Jerry Dyer. This is somebody that I believe has good Christian background and morals and knows right from wrong. And Andrew Jans, I think he's just trying to bring in stuff that you see in San Francisco and L.A. And what the Democrats say is, whoa, this is good reform. And this is and if you look at San Francisco and L.A., these cities are trash. I don't want to see Fresno personally look like that. I think Jerry Dyer is going to come in and clean a lot of this mess up. And I think the first thing he has on his agenda is tackling the homeless problem. But besides the homeless problem as well, is the drug problem as well. So, yeah, and and I know his uh, his drug task force when he was a police chief were very effective. Mm-hmm. They, um, I remember all the time in the news hearing about how well that was going. Uh, yeah, he certainly was a fantastic police chief, and I think he would be also a really great mayor. Yeah. And, and Andrew Jans, if you don't remember Andrew Jans, he made a lot of noise uh, last year, or I think it was a year before, um, in running against Devin Nunez, and he got smoked. So I think Fresno's a, a majority, uh, at least a conservative town, at least what I've gotten from being here for all these years. And Devin Nunez is really popular, especially among the farmers, just because of his background and, and his fighting for literally everyone yeah um, exactly you saw he was literally just a pinnacle in the the russia hoax thing that happened yep. trump trump gave him a shout out um during the interview yesterday at the uh, the prayer breakfast um yeah and i think yeah jerry dyer i think would be a fantastic mayor he knows what the problems are and he can address the problems andrew jans has like no experience in any of that i know he's a lawyer but it's but he has no other like jerry dyer knows how to run like a CEO, like he did the police department. So, and I think that's um, the Lincoln Club of Fresno is giving them their full-fledged support. And I think the Matt and Chan show, I think is giving a full-fledged support. Yeah, absolutely. We definitely endorse uh, Jerry Dyer for the Fresno mayor position. And um, yeah, hopefully uh, it goes his way. Yeah, I just think um, with the experience that Jans doesn't bring to the table and a lot of false promises that he's bringing, um, just be careful, I think, is 
Jans is going to say a lot of things. And just like um, Newsom did to get elected, he's going to say a lot of things. And hey, um, I'm going to bring in free health care. I'm going to do this. We're going to we're going to clean Fresno up. But then you look at our look at our state and homelessness is on the rise. Um, people are losing jobs and it's it's crazy. I don't know. California is just a mess right now. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think this is something that the left gets wrong a lot, that just because something sounds compassionate doesn't mean it's actually going to benefit the people that you're, you're saying that it's going to benefit. Um, I know moving into our closing corner segment, Matt, you found a really great quote from Ben Franklin. Why don't you uh, share that quote? Because I think that ties in well. So, yeah, this is from November 1766. And Ben Franklin says, I am for doing good to the poor, but I differ in opinion of the means. I think the best way of doing good to the poor is not making them easy in poverty, but leading or driving them out of poverty. And I think when we look at this, just sitting here for a moment, um, this is literally what the left does. They feed in and they allow the poor to stay poor. And that's the biggest thing to um, tyranny is keeping people oppressed. Mm-hmm, absolutely. It, and it you know, goes back to the uh, cliche statement, if you give a man a fish, he'll eat for a day. But if you teach a man to fish, he'll eat for the rest of his life. And that's, um, that's exactly the difference between conservatism and capitalism and uh, as opposed to leftism and socialism is uh, conservatism, conservatism uh, teaches people that they have some agency in their own lives. You have uh, equal opportunity as everybody else, not an equal starting point by any means, but like I have just as much opportunity as anybody else to say run for office or uh, earn a, like get a, a well paying job or something like that versus in a socialist country. You get what um, the government says that you need, and that's it. Yeah, and I think just. Looking at our homeless situation, we just can't keep throwing money at a problem. Right. We can raise taxes, we can build support, but at the end of the day, if you're not like looking at the the sole issue of homelessness, and these are human beings, and these people need to be lifted up, and I think throwing money and um, continuing these campaigns to, oh, we're going to do all this stuff for the poor and then have empty promises on the back end. Um, Jerry Dyer looks like he has some temporary living areas. And the thing is, I think the reason why we have temporary is we're not trying to keep these people comfortable in like their their state of being poor. We're not going to keep feeding. I know now you can be like on uh, welfare and different things and still pay for cable and phone bills and different things. And people are comfortable and it's good that our jobs are going up, but let's get people back out into the workforce and living a productive life. Yeah, absolutely. There's... Um kind of this idea that it's more compassionate to um, be honest with somebody and and not to, like you said, like keep them comfortable with a a state of homelessness and government dependence, um, but to be like, hey, you need to, as best as you can, uh, get up on your own feet and make something happen for yourself. And also, too, I I think a lot of times we think that the government needs to fix all these issues, but really the social fabric of our country, which should be rooted in um, religious institutions and charitable institutions, that's where our solutions to problems like homelessness should come from. It should come from the church. 
it should come from uh, nonprofits and not from a, a big government solution to problems like homelessness. Yeah, and homelessness, I know California has one third of all the homeless people in the United States, just because of course our heavy cities like San Francisco and LA and looking at a true solution and just going down and seeing where these people are at making actual change it's just kind of like our roads it's often ignored Mm -hmm. Um, it's all about the big legacy projects as you saw with the speed rail and all the other projects that people put money into and yeah um, I think that's uh, wraps up everything Chan Um, any last thoughts on any of this no it was a great week I'm looking forward to doing this with you again we won't be back next week, though. Is that right? You- yep, I'll be in Boston for United Nations. Um, it's a great opportunity. We're representing the the country of Jamaica, me and Sean Smith. Um, we're going to tackle some issues there with the World Health Organization. It's going to be a good time. If you don't know what model United Nations is, is it's an opportunity for college students to go in and pretty much do like a mock United Nations and debate policy and pretty much just simulate what the United Nations would be and hey you have your own country that you're assigned we're a small school so we got Jamaica of course and um yeah it's gonna be a good time you get to go for six days you get to go back to the east coast I'm excited I love the east coast I love going back and seeing all the history get to go on the freedom trail Fenway Park um if you guys watch the show Cheers I love that show Cheers bar is there I just want to go see it that'd be an awesome experience and yeah I'm excited yeah, well, safe travels to you and, and best of luck with that. And yep. yeah, I look forward to talking with you in two weeks. Yeah, and then Chan, you have a race this weekend, correct? Oh, yeah, that's right. I'm uh, I'm racing a 5K at Woodward Park in Fresno tomorrow, actually. And yeah, I'm really looking forward to that chance to uh, test the fitness a little bit. I think mm. I'm uh, in as good of shape as I've ever been coming off an injury a few months ago. So yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, Chan, it's great to see all the growth coming off an injury and just coming back in and just being able to run and just enjoy it. I know it's just um, it's been a lot of work that you've had to put in over the last few months, but now you get to see some of the, um, of the rewards you get out of doing that. And yeah, I wish you best of luck. It's going to be a good time, but awesome. Yeah, well, thank you very much. Uh, and to everybody listening, thanks for listening. Uh, This was the Matt and Chan Show. Yep. And if you want to leave any feedback for us, if you know us personally, hit us up at the Matt and Chan Gmail, um, mattandchan at gmail.com for feedback and other comments or inquiries. Um, We'd love to have you on the show if you have some opinions. But till the next time, this is the Matt and Chan Show.